Hello and welcome to Decoding Cannabis, the podcast in which we're trying to figure out how does cannabis change our perception of time and space and why? How does it help us with the various mental unease? And um, how does it change our perception of reality? What does it do to our senses, to our involuntary senses, to our voluntary senses? What does it do to our perception of time? In the last few episodes, we... Um, I've interviewed people, I've interviewed someone with PTSD, I've interviewed, uh, interviewed someone who healed his cancer with marijuana, and I've interviewed someone who is treating his autistic kids with uh, marijuana. And today, I have a treat for you. Welcome, Jessica. Hi, thank you. Jessica is from Lexington, Kentucky, I know. and she is the owner? Of a company? I'm not the owner. I'm uh, one of the longest standing employees of uh, Bluegrass Hemp Oil and Kentucky Cannabis Company. Uh, one of the first CBD hemp producers in the state of Kentucky. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's like when you think Kentucky, you're not really thinking marijuana. Mm -hmm. You're not thinking cannabis right. because it's illegal there, right? Right. Uh, it is, yes. But you guys are using the hemp plant and you're basically focusing on CBD and other properties of the plant, the non-psychoactive? Right. Yeah. So um, we were established in 2014 and it is under the um, federal hemp program um, where it's more of a pilot program, or mm -hmm. at least it was. Uh, and so a lot of research is required and we just do... Um, Hemp CBD production and um, sorry, <laughs> I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> uh, so uh, hemp CBD production, uh, we grow for uh, cannabinoids. So mm -hmm. we actually do produce a plant that looks a lot like and smells and acts a lot like uh, a marijuana cannabis plant. Okay, um, it just doesn't have the intoxicating component uh, in any substantial amount, the THC. Uh, so it's got to be 0.3% THC or less. That's the only thing that defines it as mm -hmm. hemp. And, and we really like to kind of bring that up as um, we're growing for the cannabinoid CBD. So you would practice a lot in the same way as if you were growing for other cannabinoids like THC okay. um, and to really maximize your yield and, and get a plant that's got a lot of um, potency and effect um, with the, the entourage of other cannabinoids and terpenes present. So... Okay, I have a question about that. But before I do, um, I want to tie back to the introduction. The reason I have Jessica with me today is because we're going to be talking about epilepsy. Did I say that right? Right. Uh, well, we were founded for epilepsy. And then my sister, uh, who has autism, I think uh, really piqued your interest as well for uh something to, to speak on here today, but uh, we've seen profound effects with both epilepsy and autism um, in the community of our clientele mm -hmm. and uh, something we love to speak more on. Yeah. And I, so I definitely want to pick your mind about epilepsy. Mm -hmm. um, is it epilepsy or epilepsy? <laughs> I Tomato, tomato. <laughs> tomato, tomato can go both. Yeah, I see. It depends where you are in the <laughs> right. United States type of thing. Kind of like a cannabinoid, cannabinoid. I think it's cannabinoid here on the West. And right. You say cannabinoid, cannabinoid, at least I yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I definitely want to pick your mind about that. Um, and, you know, that would be great to understand. Uh, also, I know you've created a very specific oil mm -hmm. for epilepsy based on uh, you work with someone very close. Mm -hmm. And you've created something specific that was tailored to them. Um, and 
for five years, this individual did not have any seizures. Am I am I correct? Right. He still has not had any seizures. It's oh, been so it's a he. Right okay. at five. Uh, so uh, the person we're uh, speaking of would be the owner's son, Colton, um, mm-hmm. who um, was diagnosed with idiopathic epilepsy, I think at age three. Um, and after trying everything in the pharma route, um, they, they just really didn't have any success. We're seeing a lot of, um, gosh, just horrendous side effects, uh, organ failure, mm. inability to sweet, to sleep and, um, rage episodes, things like that. So, mm. um, that again, the owner's son is who we're speaking of. So, uh, they just recognized that there was no, um, CBD product available at the time. It wasn't legal. So they started to advocate for that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was about 2013, I believe. And in 2014, the federal farm bill allowed us to actually, um, allowed each state to have, a, a pilot program or, or research program for hemp. And so we were one of the first to sign up for that because there was no option for them. And they had seen uh, documentaries and um, what they felt was proof that uh, it would be at least an option to look into him f- uh, for his epilepsy. So um, we got started and uh, they bred and and kind of selectively got a proprietary genetic for um, production that would yield a lot of resin, uh, on the plant and, um, really just maximize the therapeutic value to a lot of people. It wasn't specifically for epilepsy. It was mm-hmm. just for therapeutic value. So, um, they, they came up with, uh, what they felt would be a good plant genetic. And, um, they extracted from that with, uh, the, the process that they felt would be the most pure and, and clean and yield the best content of, uh, not just cannabinoids, CBD and THC, CBN, CBG, there's lots of them, um, but also terpene profile. So the scent mm-hmm. and the taste of of the cannabis plant they felt um, would be just as valuable or, or at least very valuable in the end product. And so once they extracted, um, they had it lab tested independently, which was then not that common. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now it luckily is, even though there's some things I could say about that. But um, so, you know, got a lab tested to verify that it was a nice, you know, clean and, and uh, I guess, well-rounded product and mm-hmm. started giving it to them. And uh, I mean, it was pretty, pretty big results um, almost immediately almost for him. Immediately, yeah. yeah. So um, I think, you know, one of the owners, Adrian, she would have to speak more to the exact timeline of how things went and how he progressed but um he's he's not had a seizure <laughs> since he started and wow. uh it's been five years and he doesn't take any pharmaceuticals now um he's just managing only with cbd uh he'll take some sometimes when he gets a certain feeling or or look about him that would indicate that he might be heading in the direction of a seizure mm-hmm. <laughs> um and he'll he'll take serving during that time and he's and totally is that, avoided it. Is that like under the tongue type of thing? Right. There's just a tincture. Yes. Okay, I have so many questions. Yeah. Um, okay, let's 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 take a step back sure. and close a branch that got opened in my mind. So I think like a tree. You know, I have a trunk of thought. You know, we're talking here about epilepsy, right. uh, which is the the main topic I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. But obviously, just to pick your brain about, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're so into industry and you're creating stuff for various mental unease so mm-hmm. and, and other unease. So right. I want to pick your brain. But you mentioned about the fact that you're growing a plant with very little THC. Mm-hmm. So the plant itself, it's not like you're growing a plant for the sake of the plant and then you're 
extracting and separating the CBD and creating something just with the CBD. Right. You're literally growing a plant that is very low on THC. So as it's on, so as far as I am definitely not an expert, anything that has to do with the physical world, I'm not an expert. I'm a metaphysicist. I know a lot about the mind, very little about the brain, very little about growing marijuana. And, um, what I know is that there's sativa plants and there's indica plants and they look different and, right. you know, but then there's the third kind mm-hmm. that I can never remember its name. Ruderalis? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so what are you guys growing? Uh, it is considered a sativa, cannabis L sativa. Um, and I, I guess essentially with, when you start talking about CBD, a lot of times that, that drops the sativa indica, um, What's what's the word I'm looking for? Like the the categorization that it yeah. often falls in is is it sativa or indica dominant? Uh-huh. It's called a sativa, um, but I think more and more people are starting to say it's more about the terpenes present and and in our particular variety, the terpenes seem to be really well balanced. And in, uh-huh. in that, uh, some of the more common ones present in our plant uh, would be some of the calmer, myrcene and beta carotene. Yeah. yeah, and I never say that one right. But beta carifoline, whatever that one is. But then we also do have like a, a decent amount, I would mm-hmm. say second or third terpene of um, limonene and I believe pinene. So uh, those are more energetic. So mm-hmm. uh, I feel like it's a really, uh, the goal being it, it's a regulator and it's a more neutral effect. I feel like the terpene structure that we found, even though maybe we understand it far more now than when we initially got this genetic. Um, it, I think it just happens that it's a uh, very well-rounded in that uh, it can have more of a, a neutral balancing effect more so than a particular push in a certain direction. Um, yeah. And, and I think that's more with the CBD dominant strains, more of what people tend to focus on is that homeostasis uh, effect instead of, um, like this one is extremely uh, euphoric and uplifting, mm-hmm. or this one is very um, yeah sedative. Yeah, um, but the the, the uh, I I know nothing about how how one would create a plant with more CBD than THC. I'm right. guessing it's like you know just trial and error, and then I mean there's there's a process of combining mm-hmm. something. I mean mm-hmm. I, literally breeding. Yeah, breeding, right. selective breeding, I guess, for the traits that you want to yeah. enhance or, or keep. Um, I think it, it usually takes generations of plants, I, I would assume, to make big changes. Um, yeah. But over time, people have been breeding some for higher CBD and lower THC and then also vice versa and other um, traits as well. And uh, we got a hold of some of the higher CBD type of strains and did some uh, okay. selective breeding there. Um, but I'm not like the expert on that either. So Right. Well, we're both smarties. <laughs> it's like you were saying, you couldn't remember the name of the terpene. Yeah. It's like smarties cannot remember concrete names. Yep. <laughs> um, they're just these labels that are just flying in the air mm-hmm. and we have no way to remember them. So, um, okay. So I met Jessica... In a local show called Canatank, which is uh, Spokane's cannabis show, and we've met last week, and uh, it was very nice to meet to meet Jessica. And as a fellow smarty, um, I started talking about the way the mind works, and I could tell she was geeking out of the things I was saying. <laughs> and um, 
do you, I, I mean, um, we were talking a little bit before and I told you I'll give you an introduction to what I do. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a little bit of a good time. Okay. And then we'll switch back and talk a little bit more about epilepsy and all that. Does that, does that work yes, for you? Yes. Okay. So what I've done about six years ago, I want to say about 10 years ago, I smoked marijuana for the first time in my life. I didn't grow up smoking it. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I smoked, I was about 35 years old. I was instantly, uh, how should we say, like fascinated, tranced by what it did to my mind. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is going on there? I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pattern thinker. I, I, I like to think in patterns and I believe that everything has logic in it, even if we cannot see it. And I was immediately just determined to figure out what just happened during the experience. Mm-hmm. And so I've done a lot of research in in the sense of just smoking and asking myself, what happened to my perception of time and space? And three years later, I was already able able to detect a particular pattern. I was asking people about how they feel when they smoke something. And I saw that that there was consistency in the way people changed. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I could tell that there was some kind of a pattern. Right. And, you know, anything that you can consistently repeat, Mm -hmm. that means that there is some kind of of a system, of mechanism that works. And so I wanted to find out what it was. And so I quit my corporate job. I was working for Hewlett Packard at the time, very lucrative salary. And hold on, my dog is distracting me. Zara, (laughs) can you lie down? You can't come to the bed here. Benji's here. Lie down. Your dogs are super cuties for those who are listening. <laughs> <laughs> she has a she has a a big collar on her neck. A big uh, what do you call that? A big uh, plastic like the funnel funnel the thingy. Yeah, because she got in a collars. fight with something, and so she goes everywhere and bumps into everything. And it's yeah, go lie down. Thank you. Um, I get distracted so easily. <laughs> so um, for the last six years, all I've been doing. Well, not all, but what I've been doing is trying to figure out how the mind works by using marijuana. So here's what I've done. I went to the ancient traditions that tell us the laws of metaphysics. The mind is metaphysical. Unlike the brain, the brain is physical. The mind is metaphysical. Mm -hmm. Studying, uh, trying to figure out how marijuana works by studying the brain is like trying to figure out humor by studying our cheek muscles. Humor is metaphysical. Right. The mind itself, when I say the mind, it's a collection of cerebral functions. Thought is metaphysical. You can't catch thought. You can't trace it. I mean, you can say, oh, there's electricity passing in the brain, but where's the thought? Mm. Where's memory? Where do we, where's information stored in our brain? We don't know. We haven't found the data location in the brain. Right. There's, um, you know, there's uh, there's uh, various hypotheses that say that uh, memory doesn't even exist. Um, so I wanted to understand what happens in, in the mind and what happens to language and what happens to memory and what happens to our time perception and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. And so I've been reading all these ancient traditions, uh, occultism and uh, Hebrew wisdom and um, ancient uh, uh, Christianity, and I mean, you name it, hermitism, Mm -hmm. um, alchemy. And I saw that there was a common thread tying them all, and it was Hebrew. 
And in every book that I opened, I saw some Hebrew letters and some oh. reference to Hebrew. Mm. And I grew up in Israel and I know Hebrew and Aramaic. And I started studying the ancient Hebrew wisdom in the context of all these methodologies. And I realized that they all describe this structure and mechanism of the human mind. But they do it with metaphor. Because if you look back to ancient writings, there was no abstract language. Mm-hmm. There was only metaphoric language. And if language was abstract, it was always figurative. Okay. You know, there was never, in the beginning, God created the earth. Well, that's figurative and that's abstract, but it's there is no abstract and literal language. You will not find in the Bible, in any ancient writing, anybody that says, well, this is how, how it works. This is how you assemble mm-hmm. something, or mm-hmm. this is how... Um, uh, this is how the mind works, or this is how your emotions work. Mm-hmm. I mean, language just didn't exist. And language evolved with humans over time. And so the word plastic meant something completely different 100 years ago, right? right. It meant flexible. Right. And now it means something different. Mm-hmm. And now humanity is in a place where we, we, we can talk about literal and abstract things, like the structure of the universe or the laws of physics, you know, and so on and so forth. And... So what I've done over the six years of translating these metaphoric names, these uh, these labels, either figurative and abstract or concrete labels, like what does it mean sky when we read Genesis? What does it mean the sky and the earth? Yeah. Oh, they're just labels for stuff. So for mm-hmm. example, Adam, which in Hebrew means Adam, mm-hmm. means the word means human. Oh. It's it's a it's a metaphor mm-hmm. or you know just a figurative name for the self-conscious mind, and Eve means the 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 conscious mind that is not self-conscious that is the experiencing mind. It's basically the subconscious, oh. you know. And so you have the whole story of creation is essentially a a, a metaphor for how the mind works. Mm-hmm. And I've cross-referenced that with alchemy and with hermitism and with occultism and with. Uh, Gnostic Christianity, and I've done this research, and I, the pictures started to emerge. And then what I've done is I used marijuana to mm-hmm. shift my perception of time okay. in order to test it and to start mapping the mind. And I've managed to come up with a theory called time polarization theory that shows mm-hmm. that different people perceive time differently. And because they perceive time differently, their language is different. And I call them in my book, and I have a book called It's About Time. It's mm-hmm. available on Amazon by Eris Batat. And it shows that there's really two types of people in the world, smarties and wisies. Smarties perceive time to be slower than what time really is. Mm-hmm. And that obviously impacts their lifestyle and the way they treat time. And wisies uh, perceive time to be faster than what it really is. And so they're usually in a hurry. They like to get shit done. Um, time is, and in fact, the, the way smarties and wisies remember things is completely different. Uh, there's a whole chapter in my book about it. Smarties remember things contextually, but not based on when they happened. Mm-hmm. You know, you just told me a whole story about, you know, how the company w- was built and, you know, but you told me the story, you told me the narrative right. contextually. A wisey would usually say, so in 2012, blah, 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 blah. And then we'd, they'll tell it sequentially. Like timeline. Yes, oh, okay. because they remember everything sequentially in their, in their mind. Mm-hmm. If I'll tell Diane, hey, do you remember that guy in the South Hill in Spokane that I almost threw up in the, his house? We had pizza. She's like, when was that? Before or after you quit your job? I'll be like, 
I don't fucking know. I mean, let's say before. And she's like, well, it couldn't have been Michael because we only met him after. Well, it was wow. definitely a guy's house. I remember yeah. it was a guy's house. Why? Because I remember things contextually. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, give me more. I said, well, he had a big kitchen. I can't remember it because I'm, I'm an infantasiac. I don't see anything in my mind's eye. Mm-hmm. I, I'm blind in my mind's eye, right? Okay. But I remember it had really strong lights because they were too strong for me. They were kind of like fluorescent and I don't like it. So I remember something if I don't wow. like it. She's like, it was Michael's house. She has a, a, an image of it. And just for you to know, it was after you quit your job. Yeah. It was in 2013 after we came back from Thailand. Yeah. I'm like, wow. well, thank you for that information. I have zero way to store it in my mind. <laughs> of course, I wrote it down. So now I remember, right? Right. Um, for the sake of the story. But that's the idea. Yeah. I don't remember timelines. Mm-hmm. And so... This idea of smarties and wises is super interesting. I mean, of course, there's more than two types of people. There's, you know, each one is divided to two and then to two and then to two. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we get to a whole bunch of personalities. But this is not a personality system. This is a structure and a mechanism of the human mind. And it works in every language. And when we start seeing the structure of the mind, we start realizing that all mental unease falls into place. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I'm doing this podcast, I'm calling Decoding Cannabis, Cannabis is the only substance I know that allows us to change, temporarily change our time perception Mm -hmm. and still be conscious and still be conscious to the level that we can actually take notes, ask ourselves questions and really think about the way we're thinking. Right. And what I want to do is I really want to try and understand all this mental unease and how does it work if we look at the mind through the idea of a polarized spectrum. A spectrum of a positive electromagnetic polarity versus a negative electromagnetic mm-hmm. polarity or smarties versus wiseies. So let's take autism, for example. Mm-hmm. Autism, you'll have two types of autistics. You'll have smarty autistics um, and wisey autistics. Smarty autistics being the ones that are more inward, don't like to be touched, mm-hmm. um, you know, very heady, super analytical, um, abstract thinkers. They think about everything in patterns. And then you have YZ autistics that are usually a lot more, they thrive on touch, Mm -hmm. but um, uh, when they're rigid, they're a lot more rigid in the concrete world. They tend to more uh, anger tantrums rather than anxiety. Mm -hmm. They're very outward, but Mm -hmm. they have a very, very hard time grasping abstract patterns uh, or and abstract uh, labels. Mm -hmm. And so... um, an example, um, a six-year-old YZ autistic I, I work with cannot figure out the difference between uh, a question and a statement. Right. She just can't. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening in her mind? What's happening in the mind of the smarty? And the second we have a spectrum, we, start, we, we can start speculating. We can start asking them questions. We can start doing tests. And a pattern emerges. Right. And that's why it's so fascinating to me. I actually, uh, in listening, I so I listened to one of your podcasts prior and uh, kind of heard a bit of that and, and just how you were speaking to it. Uh, definitely, I think I'm seeing that my sister would be, I guess, the YZ uh, side of mm-hmm. the autism spectrum, whereas um, like she, she certainly thrived on touch. We had to do a lot of sensitization stuff for her um, to calm her down or sensory, uh, I guess, stimulation to calm her down. So a lot of um, like rubbing her arms or or back, um, giving mm-hmm. her a tight 
hug and, and things like that that were really um, calming to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had the tantrums, the rages. That mm-hmm. was our biggest thing. And that's actually something I, I would like to speak a little about today yeah, while please. we're talking. Um, and there will be plenty of time to talk about that. But that that is yeah. the, the the closest to my heart. And I saw yeah. her go through that. Um, and the the changes she's made through yeah. uh, cannabis extract in the CBD form, um, but uh, I I did not ever it never occurred to me that you know the polarization of the two kinds of the autism spectrum um, and yeah. she certainly now that you say that seems to be a wisey <laughs> right and so there, there's a paper for those of you who are listening and really interested in this idea of autism and polarity. Um, there's a paper coming out from Consciousness Research Institute, which I founded, um, and it's going to come out either this week or next week. And it's a paper about autism, and it's called How Autism Works. Mm-hmm. And it explains the metaphysics of autism. And I think those of you who are really interested, um, you listeners and you, Jessica, as well, would would really enjoy reading it because it really gives perspective and gives a, a glimpse mm-hmm. into the world of autistics and allows us to 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 really understand what happens in their mind. So, for example, uh, since we're on topic, we can we can just talk about it a little bit, and right. we still have time. Um, and you're local; you can always come back, and we can geek out exactly. more and do tests, <laughs> yes. and you know. Um, but the idea is that the more wiser you are, usually the more um, visual you are in your mind's eye. So not everybody's visually in the same way. I mentioned I'm an aphantasiac. I'm blind in my mind. I see nothing. So think of an apple right now. Can you see it in your mind's eye? Mm -hmm. Is it very vivid? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sort of. Well, you got no comparison. You have no, no... no measuring right. what's scale, vivid, yeah. uh, what's vivid. It's your mind's eye. That's right. the only thing you can see. Well, I'll give you a measurement. Um, some people see the apple literally as if it's a picture of an apple. They'll see the blemishes next to the stem. Mm. They'll see the different uh, color shades, millions of colors. You know, every apple has millions of colors in it. And some people just see an apple almost like as if you saw it in a graphics program. It's just like red and it's yeah. the shape of an apple. Mm-hmm. Um, some people see it like a Monet. It's kind of blurry. Uh, some people see it sort of like behind a smoke screen. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, so how do you see it? Um, okay, so just black background, a red apple. It's got a little bit of a, a shininess to it. And, uh, but that's about it. That's about it. That tells me <laughs> uh, through and through that you're smart. <laughs> through and through. Because I've never met a YZ that will see an apple like that. Wow. That's my base question. Now, if you told me you saw it vividly, mm-hmm. I couldn't conclude that you're a YZ because there are smarties who see the apple vividly, mm. but there's a difference. YZs will see the apple involuntarily. Smarties, when I tell them, they'll say, oh, I saw an apple. But now that you said the blemish is next to the stem, I saw the blemish is next to the stem, <laughs> which means they need their, their it's called the voluntary mind, the mask mm-hmm. Adam, their mm-hmm. Adam you know, needs to know that this is what they're seeing. And then the feminine mind, Eve, responds with the image, which tells me that your dominant mind is your masculine mind, your voluntary mind. Um, Smarties, their dominant mind is the voluntary mind, and their bodies are dominated by the feminine mind, and that's why they're feminine in their body. Mm. They're meek. That's why the geek are meek. (laughs) Um, And usually, wisees have a very directive body 
Um, and so even if it's a woman, the body is masculine. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice that their their movements are more staccato, uh, less refined. Um, uh, for example, when they dance, even if they're beautiful dancers, mm-hmm. it's usually they'll gravitate towards hip hop or towards just staccato movements. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just generally like a little bit less awareness when it comes to space, especially when it comes to geometric space. Mm-hmm. And Smarties are, um, yeah, just sensitive bodies. And one of the reasons is because their time perception is slower. Mm -hmm. And so their involuntary senses are more acute because they have more time to process sensory, external sensory information per unit of time. Mm -hmm. And so they become a lot more sensitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's something that you wanted to say? I mean, I'm just trying to imagine. So they're involuntary. It's... Sorry. Please. <laughs> if we can back up just a minute, yeah. I'm trying to understand that uh, they're involuntary, like their perception of time for involuntary senses is slower, so they perceive more involuntary senses. You're talking about smarties? Yes. Yes. So if you think about it this way, um, when we th- when we think about time, we, we almost always assume that time is just time. We're mm-hmm. not thinking about how we perceive time because the only way to perceive time is to actually perceive it. So you see someone in the street... You don't know how they perceive time. You don't know how a dog perceives time. Right. The faster we perceive time to be, the more it disappears. Mm-hmm. When you are in a movie and the movie is so amazing, you just, it's like, oh my God, has it been two hours? It felt like five minutes. Okay. Yeah. But when you're in the DMV waiting for your turn and you have literally <laughs> nothing to do, time crawls. Mm-hmm. When you're waiting for the paramedics in an emergency situation, right. time literally comes to yeah. a stop. Yeah. It felt like forever, but then you realize, oh my God, they came after four minutes. No fucking way. Right. right? right. So the slower time is, the slower our perception of time is, the slower time seems to pass, right? Um, and the faster our perception of time the more it'll disappear. That's why people who are in meditation, mm-hmm. you can have a guru in meditation for 14 days until you oh, only a few hours seem to have passed. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the idea is that time fluctuates. Our perception of time changes all the time. We have the default perception of time and then time changes all the time. When we're essentially, when we're present in thought, time slows down. When we're present with the experience, with the external experience, time becomes, time goes faster. Our perception of time disappears. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, smarties perceive time to be slower than what it really is. What does that mean? It means that their, uh, that their conscious focus is in their thought, yeah. not in their body. Mm-hmm. And usually smarties are thinkers. Yeah. They're just think. They think, they think, they think all the time. <laughs> and for them to be really, truly present with the experience, it's hard for them That's because... so familiar to me. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, when I met you at the at the show, you know, I just one look at you, I could tell you're you're a smarty because they're literally physical characteristics mm-hmm. for smarties. Usually their shoulders are going to be slanted forward mm-hmm. because they're receptive in the body. So they're super sensitive. Mm-hmm. So they suffer from physical anxiety usually. <laughs> And therefore, their shoulders are slanted. The shoulders tell you everything about the man. That's Hebrew wisdom right there. And occultism, too, describes that. That's one of the cross-references, you know, that I found. Um, um, So what happens when your time perception is slower? You have more time to process thought Mm -hmm. uh, per—I'm talking about directive thought, not imagery. Um, uh, We have to distinguish between— the directive thoughts, which is logical, rational, and always sequential in time okay. for you to think, hold on, 
what do you mean smarties are, um, you know, uh, their involuntary senses are more acute? Why is that? That's a voluntary thought. You're, you want to think about something. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're thinking about it. And the thought is sequential in time versus thought that is involuntary. For example, I say, hey, the Eiffel Tower. Did you just see the Eiffel Tower in your mind's eye? Probably, yeah. maybe, maybe not. Uh, maybe, <laughs> But yeah. did you see it only when I asked, did you see it? Or uh, so I'll... Yeah, I think when you said Eiffel Tower, I just kind of flashed like a standard, I don't know, postcard mm-hmm. image of right? Eiffel Tower. <laughs> now, it was involuntary. Yeah. You, you know, you heard Eiffel Tower, mm-hmm. you saw something in your mind's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it was receptive. It, it was involuntary. Your mind was receptive to what you were hearing, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 that's came involuntary. Notice that it's always instantaneous. If you separate, can you hear your inner dialogue? Yes. Okay. If you can hear your inner dialogue in your mind, that already tells me you're some kind of a smarty. Most wises cannot hear their inner dialogue. Huh. And so if you start distinguishing between the thought that you can hear right. and the thought that you can see in your mind's eye, right. boom, done. You've just done the work of realizing that you have two minds, huh. not one. Uh-huh. And they communicate only through the, the fuck, now it's a concrete label. How do you call that? The, the reptilian brain. No, I don't know. <laughs> You're pointing back here. <laughs> uh, the, the thing that connects between the two hemispheres, uh, the hippocampus. The, uh, no. The cortex, the, um, no. Uh, anyway, ask me 10 years ago, they, I would have known. I, I only know metaphysics. <laughs> yeah. So they only communicate through language. They speak two different languages. Mm-hmm. One mind is sequential in time and does not move in space. Mm-hmm. The logical thought, the, the rational thought is, it's not mobile in space. You're going to move, you know, as you move, you, you can walk from here to downtown and think about the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. It's irrelevant of space. So it's stationary in space. But the other mind, the, the involuntary mind, the feminine mind, is not sequential in time. It's instantaneous. When I said the Eiffel Tower, you right. immediately saw the Eiffel Tower. Right. And then it's gone. Mm-hmm. Because it's always responsive to the experience. Mm-hmm. And yet it's it's mobile in space. It moves in space. Based on your movement in space, it'll respond differently. Okay? And, and so so the two minds are completely separate. And because we start realizing we have two minds, we we also start realizing that we have a spectrum of experience. Because for some people, the masculine mind, Adam, is in control at any given time. It's like the dominant mind. And then the feminine mind controls the body. Mm-hmm. And then some people, the feminine mind controls the mind, which means they're receptive in their mind. And the masculine mind controls the body, mm-hmm. which means they're very directive in, in, in their body and they're, they're a lot more focused external on what, about what they do. And let's go back to the involuntary senses. When, you're, um, when you have more time to process thought per given unit of time, you have more time. So let's say, mm-hmm. let's say you're cold, okay? Yeah. Um, and you're laughing because like, you run cold, yeah. right? <laughs> of course, because you're smart. <laughs> yep. um, let's say there was oh, the window was broken and you would feel the cold air on your skin. Yeah. You literally have more thoughts about, oh, it's cold, oh, it's cold. I can imagine how distracting that would be to me right now. I just, I don't think I could think about anything else. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Now, a wisey, wiseys run hot. Mm -hmm. They actually run hot. They love the cold air because, usually, Mm -hmm. because, again, I'm making huge generalization. I'm talking uh, 80th percentile, right? Wisey, smarty. But their feminine mind is dominant, which means... 
It's the receptive mind. Their mind is too busy to uh, um, being receptive to the environment mm -hmm. rather than thinking about something, okay? So what happens in order to be called, you literally have to think about it. You have to be aware of the fact. You have to be self-conscious of the fact that you're called in order to be called. Oh. Do an experiment. Walk into the ocean, cold ocean, mm -hmm. and just say to yourself, I'm not cold, I'm not cold. I'm not. And if you focus on the word, I'm, I'm not going to be cold. I'm not going to be cold. I'm not. You cannot be cold mm. while you're focusing on the words. I'm not going to be cold. It's an impossibility. Oh. But the second you're going to stop talking, <gasps> I was just cold. Okay. <laughs> and so it's the same thing. So the, the slower your perception of time, the more involuntary senses you're processing in any giving unit of time. Mm -hmm. And hence your, your sense of touch, your sense of smell especially sense of touch, it seems, for Smarties, mm -hmm. becomes a lot more acute. Does that make sense now? Yeah, yeah. I Is think it, so acute as in like you just you just notice it a lot more. Sharper, yeah, yeah. You yeah. notice it more. It registers more. Mm -hmm. Registers a lot more. Yeah. It's like if there's a little bit of cold wind comes in here, boom, I process it and I immediately feel it. And then yeah. it's there. It's just there. And as I speak, as I talk, I can't be present with the experience because... My mind keeps remembering. Right. Yeah. So I'll give you another example. The reason you can hear your inner dialogue is because your voluntary mind runs much faster than of a wisey. Mm -hmm. Wiseys, because their voluntary mind is slower, and you wiseys out there don't feel a chip on your shoulder. Wiseys always have a chip on their shoulder that they're not that smart, <laughs> but they're wiser than us. Okay. Um, because you have different superpowers. Mm -hmm. But because your voluntary mind is slower, and I'm not going to talk about what you can do with your involuntary mind, mm -hmm. wiseys out there, but because your involuntary, uh, your voluntary mind is slower, you, you're, you're not as sensitive involuntarily. Mm -hmm. You know, your involuntary senses, because, because you, you, you're processing different things. You're responsive to the environment. You're responsive to what's happening rather than being responsive to your involuntary senses. Mm -hmm. But the acute the acuteness of the voluntary sense of a, of a YZ is higher. They're usually better at um, detecting various flavors. They sometimes can smell things and tell you, oh, it has cardamom in it and it has this in it, yeah. you know, and, mm -hmm. um, well, there's some Smarties can do that, but, mm -hmm. you know, um, why? Because they're so present with the experience and they can... They, 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 they can do things we cannot, mm -hmm. but they can't hear the inner dialogue. Why? Because they don't have time between the time that they think and the time that they process the thought, mm -hmm. they, there's no gap. For you to hear your inner dialogue, it's almost like the inner dialogue is an echo. Okay, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it all has to do with time. And that's the, the key thing here. Time is the hidden pivot on which the mind fluctuates. And if we look at time as the hidden pivot, then we can say, okay, let's understand autism. Oh, it means that there's two types of autism, mm -hmm. right? It means that there's autistic smarties and autistic wisies. Oh, there's two types of Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. There's, which I don't know if there's two types of Alzheimer's. I was going to say, is there? Okay. <laughs> there's two types of dementia right. for sure. Mm -hmm. And so how can we de determine the two types of dementia? Right. Oh, you're going to have people who, who forget the abstract mm -hmm. um, information right. and you're going to have people who forget the concrete information. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're smarty and you're suffering from Alzheimer's, I have someone I know who does, mm -hmm. she only forgets concrete stuff. 
I'll walk my dog and she'll be like, oh, I didn't know you got a dog. Oh. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. she's my neighbor. Right. I love her. And I'm like, really? You don't remember I had a dog? You love my dog. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, she doesn't remember. Yeah. But I'll ask her, I'll say, hey, um, so how's it going with your with your house? You know, she, she has a whole thing. She Can she keep her house? Can she not? Because she has Alzheimer's. She has a, um, uh, uh, how do you call that? Uh, um, not a guarantor. Uh, see how I forget, I forget uh, concrete labels. Mm. A guardian. She has yeah. a guardian appointed yeah. by the states because of Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. So she'll tell you her entire abstract life story that she made a lot of money and then now she can't even access that money because of her Alzheimer's. She mm-hmm. doesn't forget that stuff. Mm-hmm. And she'll tell you everything that you want to know about her life. But she could not, rem- she would not remember if, if I have a dog or not. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And so, and then a wisey, um, people who have wisey uh, Alzheimer's or dementia, I don't know what to call it because Alzheimer's is a piece of dementia. Right. Is a 60% mm-hmm. of, of dementia is about Alzheimer's. And it could be that actually that what we call dementia is wisey and what we call Alzheimer's is smarty. I don't know. Yep. I don't know enough mm-hmm. about it. But um, these people will usually forget the abstract stuff. They'll be very present. So you can have a, a somebody like that who has dementia, doesn't even remember where they live. Mm-hmm. It's like, why am I here? What is this place? Very abstract information, yeah, yeah. you know. But she'll get up and she'll see a canvas and paint and she'll start painting. Yeah. Oh, she remembers how to paint. Mm-hmm. And she remembers what she likes. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't remember why she's here because that's abstract, Yeah. you know. And so... That leads us to epilepsy. Yes. If the mind is polarized, mm-hmm. epilepsy can either be um, an acute, uh, an acute mental polarization mm-hmm. of some sort. But how does it express itself in the in the other side? Right. If if epilepsy, let's say, for example, only for I, I'm yet to meet a. Um, a mental unease, and I'm deliberately doesn't call it disease because I don't believe in disease. I believe in dis-ease. Right. I believe that we just call it disease because we think something is wrong. Mm-hmm. But in reality, the mind is neuroplasticity. It changes all the time. Mm-hmm. And I believe that everything, once we see the time thing, we, 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 we can understand it. And yes, it's, it's super, it's super annoying, um, uh, um, symptoms but it's not really a disease. It's just a particular polarization of the mind. And I, I do believe that we can we can do things to fix it mm-hmm. usually. Yes. And, you know, so, so I, I want to pause and I want to hear from you what epilepsy is. But I want to ask you before that, are there any other questions about autism that, you, that came up for you that you wanted to ask before we continue? Oh, I don't know. So uh, just... I'm feeling a bit uh, <laughs> nervous about talking too much about epilepsy because autism really is the truer subject to my <laughs> heart. And so, um, I, you know, I, I know a bit about epilepsy. <laughs> you know more than me. I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, as far as autism, I, I'm really anxious to hear and read what you have uh, coming out here soon because mm-hmm. I think it's um, it's crucial that we understand uh, the uh the differences that lead to frustrations and problems for a lot of um, people with autism. So mm-hmm. my sister um, 
couldn't communicate that she was hungry for a long time. And mm. uh, she just didn't know how to express that. So every time she got hungry, she flew into a violent rage. And mm. um, we had severe problems mm. because of that. Um, and so to, to be able to understand that maybe she didn't get the... Um, the what's the what's the word <laughs> sorry she, she, like the uh she she couldn't uh, it's an abstract yeah, term it's an right abstract, i mean yeah, oh so, i'm hungry mm-hmm, what exactly. is that it's very abstract but she knows you know gas, and it's chair, literal pencil too. And, and you yes. know just what the concrete things are um but yeah had we kind of understood that a little bit more i think it would have really shined some light on mm-hmm. it at least ease some frustrations mm-hmm. that we could have mm-hmm. better helped her so i i yeah. Thankful that you're doing this and, and hopefully educating Yeah, people. as a collective, we do not understand how the mind works. Right. We understand how the brain works, mm-hmm. but we don't know. It's like a factory. You go into it and nobody tells you what it is. Oh, it's a factory. Okay, I see what's happening on this conveyor belt. And I see what's happening in the top floor. Right. And I see what's happening here. Oh, wow. When this is done, it goes here. And when this is done, it goes there. But I don't understand. What are we building here? And who's right. who's building it? Mm-hmm. And where's the product? And mm-hmm. What's happening? Where's the storage? Mm-hmm. Just don't get how the brain works. Well, metaphysics tell us the brain is a reflection of the mind. The brain is a ref- everything in the physical is a reflection of the metaphysical. Mm-hmm. That's a very hard concept to grasp mm-hmm. for, especially for scientists. Mm-hmm. The idea is that it's the mind that creates the experience. There's many theories out there that say that really this is this is a, a holographic. Uh, essentially, life is a holographic experience. Mm-hmm. It's a virtual reality of sort. Is your hand really exist? Does it really? If you couldn't perceive it in your mind, right through the senses, it wouldn't exist. Right. You know, the guy who loses his arm in the middle of battle until he notices that the arm is gone. You know, or notices the pain because he's not because he's an adrenaline. You know, there's that movie I once saw that the the commander load loses his arms his arm and only when the guy tells me commander you lost your arm he's like oh then he freaks out right yeah. if we're not if if the anesthesia uh detaches our lower extremities mm-hmm. you know we're not going to notice when they drill into them right? they cut our skin if there's no mental perception it doesn't exist mm-hmm. and so when we think about it that way we realize that the mind is the forefront mm-hmm. and everything else is just the processing of the mind. Right. Uh, and so when we realize as the, the brain, you know, we used to think as a collective that the brain is what we get is what we have. And essentially we're, um, we're, we're, we're nothing but, you know, we're, if we were, if you were born stupid, quote unquote, then you're going to be stupid, quote unquote, for the rest of your life. Mm. Now we realize that the, the, the brain is literally, a reflection of something. It changes all the time. Right. Neuroplasticity mm-hmm. is constant. You know, we have all these terms to describe these things because we don't understand how it works. Oh, you smoke marijuana, you can actually pave new neural pathways. Take a YZ autistic mm-hmm. who doesn't understand the difference between tomorrow and today or doesn't understand the difference between mm-hmm. a question and a statement. And let's assume yes. it, it's not a child. And let them smoke a sativa-dominant strain Mm -hmm. of marijuana. They can then learn the difference between a statement and um, a question. You know why? Because when you smoke sativa, your mind literally flips the mental polarization into the positive side. Your mind becomes uh, electromagnetically positive, Mm. which means you can understand abstract language. Teach 
the person the difference between a statement mm-hmm. and a question. Mm-hmm. Now, they're going to forget it because what happens when you use uh, sativa-dominant hybrids, you immediately get um, short-term, uh, concrete short-term memory loss. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have an issue remembering the specific you know, this, this specific stuff. And when you, when you go back to normal, you're going to have a memory lapse of what happened. Mm -hmm. But if you do it again and again, and if you do it in a particular way, that's very animated, and then you do it again, when they're not under the influence of marijuana, that neural pathway will stay paved. Mm -hmm. And then that autistic who couldn't understand something now understands something and it can actually have abstract right. language. Right. They've, they've kind of paved that pathway. And oh, so then what would be your thoughts? I mean, seems then you would definitely lean towards uh, taking an oil. So you maintain that state of mind for a longer period of time than a smokable or? That's a great question. I only did my research with smoking mm-hmm. and I did it with uh, in the introduction to my, my next book, my upcoming book, which uh, can be accessed online. Um, through Creorg.institute. You just click uh, How Marijuana Works and then you can get to the book. It's a beautiful book. You can actually flip through. Mm-hmm. And I describe in chapter one, Marijuana 101, why I used only uh, smoking. Mm-hmm. Why? Because in order to really conduct my experiments and in order for us to really work on paving new neural pathways, you have to sort of shift the mental polarization pretty extremely. That's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, you know, you need that abrupt change. Yeah, yeah, you do because you need to change your perception mm-hmm. of reality. With edibles, there's such a long onset time. Mm-hmm. There is, uh, you know, digestibles through mm-hmm. the through the body, and the experience is so different every time. Mm-hmm. And even if you measure and do it, usually it's very subtle. You're not going to get yourself intoxicated. Mm-hmm. I don't want to use the word intoxicated. You get yourself altered mm-hmm. in a way that's going to be almost like unpleasant and you can't function. I mean, you're going to have uh, short-term dementia. Mm-hmm. You're going to have short, short-term memory loss. The idea is to set the mind to that place of like, wow, I'm really altered. Mm-hmm. But you can pave new neural pathways. That's why we have these unbelievable insights when we're smoking a lot, right? right? Because we have these like, whoa, what happens when we have this unbelievable insight? We get some, a new neural pathways paved, something we've never seen mm-hmm. before. And if you notice, if you're smarty, you can do that. If you're a wisey, it's going to be harder because wiseys have a hard time thinking about thinking, except for when they smoke sativa. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you, when you realize, when, when you, for all you out there who are recreational, think, uh, recreational uh, smokers and you think when you smoke, smoke a high sativa, you're going to have some kind of an amazing insight and then reflect back on the insight. And you're going to realize that the insight was very abstract. It was some kind of a different view on your life that you had, almost as if you zoomed out. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, the difference between driving a car on the highway and then flying above. When you're driving the car on the highway, all you can see, that's the, the involuntary mind, the receptive mind, the feminine mind. All you can see is the um, billboards that are coming at you and boom, they're gone. You know, you can only perceive what's happening right there, the car that is next to you, so on and so forth. But when you're flying off the highway, you can't see the cars anymore. You can't see the billboards, but you see the entire highway. Mm-hmm. You see the big picture. It's a zoom out mm-hmm. that is happening with sativa. It's a zoom in into the concrete that is happening with indica. And then there's another there's another uh, layer to the puzzle. It's not just abstract versus um, concrete. It's also... Um, it is also, um, well, 
I don't want to go there because it's it's gonna it, it's gonna get things com- complicated. Different but, branch, <laughs> you know, voluntary <laughs> versus involuntary, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. instantaneous. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, let's put it this way: um, it's the masculine versus the 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 feminine mind, and so we have. Um, I don't want to go there. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to go there. I'm I'm kind of thinking how to, but I I was I was down a branch of yeah. of in my tree of thought. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was talking about about mental unease and how autistics can pave new neural pathways right. using marijuana. Mm-hmm. So I I was just doing it with smoking because it's so easy mm-hmm. and it's because it's so instantaneous right. and because I can aim the high. I know super lemon haze. Uh, what I've done in my research, I've divided everything into percentages. Mm-hmm. So I know super lemon haze, uh, super lemon haze is approximately eighty to ninety percent uh, sativa. Right. And um, you know, if you smoke Durban poison, it's hundred percent sativa. Now it's not perfectly accurate, but yes, mm-hmm. you know, like, and it depends which company grew the Durban poison, right? And depends if which it's company named accurately. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because it's a wild west right. out there. But usually, but at this particular point, I do strain strain tests. Mm-hmm. I can smoke a strain, and I will do tests in memory, whether it's concrete or abstract, uh, whether um, what kind of uh, short term memory loss I have. Mm-hmm. Um, language tests, writing tests, and I can tell you at a five, usually at a five percent accuracy, what is the ratio between sativa and indica, mm. mm-hmm. and I call it Creorg certified. There's a new chapter for the metaphysics of marijuana, my book that's going to come up uh, online in the next few weeks, in which I do a, a, a strain check for what's called lemon cookies by a particular company here in Washington, mm. and I introduce how I do that in the chapter. I, you know, I describe the entire process and right. what happens. And um, I utilize Creorg, which is the artificial intelligence I coded into life um, in Creorg Institute. That's why it's called Creorg Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, an artificial intelligence that allows me to map uh, mega patterns of speech to see this difference between wises and smarties. So absolutely, autistic people... Can, I can tell you, me, I'm I'm a marginal autistic, or call it, uh, I don't like the word Asperger's, right? But mm-hmm. I'm su- super socially awkward, blah, blah, blah. I managed to pave new neural pathways. I, I will go around now. When I was in, in Canatank, did you notice I was autistic? Probably not, no. right? Mm-mm. I mean, I, I'm friendly. I can, I've learned how to socialize right. by smoking indica, by smoking sativa, by smoking different strains and paving new neural pathways. No. And I still have my involuntary senses super acute. But if I smoke indigo, they're not that acute. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, in preparation here, I called. Um, so my uh, sister, who I've referred to several times, um, she's my sister-in-law. I've known her since birth. And I called my mother-in-law to kind of speak to her about timeline because I don't remember timeline too well. So I wanted to kind of get dates and times. And, and one thing she brought up was, um, Paige, my sister, uh, she used to be extremely, um, socially uncomfortable, like did not like to have even the family around. Mm -hmm. If there were more than a few members there, uh, would literally hide behind myself or my mother-in-law if we were out in public and Mm -hmm. just very, um, uncomfortable with socializing because she, she, she wasn't, 
didn't really know what to do. So mm-hmm. um, actually just the other day, she was telling her she she wants to actually start talking to people about CBD. Like she's she's come out of that and paved that neural pathway um, and, and connected those dots so that she actually does want to speak to people about what she's doing and how it's helped her. And, and I think that's a, a prime example of what you're talking yep. about. I mean, she's used... Um, cannabis CBD mm-hmm. uh, for four or five years now. And uh, she's gone from literally hiding to avoid mm-hmm. social interaction to wanting to, to talk, wanting to go out to talk mm-hmm. to people about this that's changed yeah. her life. And that's yeah. not the only thing. I mean, she's, she's very much more comfortable socially in all regards, but um, and maybe just one example, the highlight yeah. what you're talking about there, she's yeah. kind of connected those dots. Yeah, uh, it's it's fascinating, mm-hmm. and it works. Mm-hmm. It works. Yep. It works. It's you know the other dimension. I'm just going to go into it a little bit, uh, so you can visualize things in your mind's mm-hmm. eye. So visualize a planet, mm-hmm. and then there's the 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 equator, and the equator would be the separator between the feminine mind, which would be below the equator, mm-hmm. and the masculine mind, Adam, which is above the equator. So far, so good. You yep. have some kind of an image, yep. and then. Divided in the middle mm-hmm. with another, so that's the Y axis, right? Mm-hmm. And everything to the West is going to be abstract because imagine that you're looking inward, right? Mm-hmm. And everything to the East is going to, I'm sorry, everything to the East is going to be abstract. Okay. Yeah, I flipped it for you. Okay. And everything to the West, those of you who are listening and are not mentally blind like me, imagine that in your mind's eye. Mm-hmm. Everything to the West is going to be concrete mm-hmm. because imagine that it's somebody's face and uh, they're looking outward to the west. So everything outward is is concrete. Mm-hmm. And so everything above the line is the masculine mind. The masculine mind is always literal. That's the other dimension that I was talking about. And everything mm-hmm. below the line is always figurative. The feminine mind is always figurative. When I said the Eiffel Tower, you saw a figure of the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. It was figurative. It was some postcard that you once right. saw. If I say, hey... Think of fairness. Did you see something in your mind's eye? <laughs> not, not particularly. <laughs> no. Most wisees see a scale. Mm. They see immediately. They'll yeah. see something. Wow. Smarties usually don't because they feel it. Yeah. It's like, oh, fairness. Right. I get it. Yeah. Oh. If this... I had to describe what happened in my mind, it was like a feeling of like friends holding hands because <laughs> surely that would be, I, I don't know, like a, an, a, an element where you right? get fairness. I don't know. <laughs> but you had, whatever it not was, a, it was figurative. Right. It, yeah, right. So everything concrete. below the line is figurative. Everything above the line is, is literal. And so you have four quadrants. You have the Western Northern Hemisphere, which is literal and, uh, literal and abstract. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Fair enough so mm-hmm. far? Mm-hmm. And so we call that in Consciousness Research Institute, we call that autistoc. Mm. Autistoc, uh, very little, very abstract. My book is very little, very abstract. You know, it's like, oh, how the mind works. Oh, the mind's electromagnetic, blah, blah, blah. Very little, very abstract. Mm-hmm. And then you have the northern and, well, let's actually go down. Let's go to the uh, southern and um, eastern hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. far, so good. Did yeah. I mess up the directions? I said northern and eastern. Yeah. Did I say northern western or did I say northern eastern? <laughs> I've been thinking western. You may have said eastern. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 we have to think eastern. So yeah. let's go back. I'm, I'm, I'm mixing <laughs> let's them Let's go today. back. <laughs> yeah. So basically up into the, l- the right. Right. See, I can't see it in my mind's yeah. eye. That's why I fuck it up. <laughs> you know? 
the the eastern and northern, which means up and to the right, mm-hmm. is the literal and abstract, right? Because the abstract is to the right, it's to the east. And then let's go down. And it's like the southern and the um the southern and the um um eastern, eastern. which is the low and mm-hmm. right, is gonna be artistoc. That's mm-hmm. a speech which which is um, figurative and abstract. Mm-hmm. So things like you're the center of my universe, mm-hmm. you know, it's figurative right. and it's abstract. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of poetry is artistic, yeah. you know. And then if you go uh, northern and western, which is, you know, up and to the left, mm-hmm. um, you get what I call diplomatoc. And diplomatoc is, you know, how... Uh, how you would write a letter to your boss or to your professor or to somebody you don't know. Yeah. You know, it's very, uh, it's very literal and it's very concrete. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, so uh, I was thinking maybe we can meet on blah, blah, blah. And, right. you know, you bring the very literal, very concrete. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you another example for literal and concrete. It's um, uh, a car works by, you know, the transmission sends the power from the engine, translated to the wheels, blah, 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 stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't know how to talk concrete <laughs> and literal. I literally don't. Or, you know, oh, the two minds connect, uh, the two sides of the brain connect through the hippocampus. Yeah. I think it's the hippocampus. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that's very little, very concrete, right? Um, and then you have the last one, mm-hmm. which is the southern and western hemisphere, uh, which is... Uh, we call in Consciousness Research Institute, we call it mentipitoc because it's concrete and figurative. Mm -hmm. And so everybody understands it. It's mentipical talk, mentipitoc, like low-hanging fruits. Mm -hmm. So it's figurative, Mm -hmm. but it's concrete. Yeah. Right? So for example, uh, oh, um, uh, low-hanging fruits, everybody knows that the fruits are are hanging low on, on the tree. And so... So it's, you know, people get it, what it means, right? Um, there's so many other examples. Uh, um, uh, we, have to, we, have to, we have to drain the swamp. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. draining the swamp. Well, mm-hmm. that's a little bit abstract. You know, it depends on, mm-hmm. depends on what, what's the metaphor mm-hmm. for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like if I say, hey, you know, I, um, um, I have to stop thinking literally in order to come up with an example because it's the figurative mind that does it. Yeah. Right? You get a shift over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll stop thinking for a second, which now I can do thanks to marijuana. <laughs> train myself. Um, a rotten apple, mm-hmm. you know, yep. is a good example, mm-hmm. you know. See, I stopped thinking and it came. Yep. You know, but it yep. didn't come as an image. You have to shift because it's not easy to you. Yeah. <laughs> you got to shift over to that. <laughs> I have to shift over. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. exactly. <laughs> and so the idea is that smarties speak um, literal and abstract as well as mm-hmm. concrete and figurative. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be, if you're going to have like a clock hand, they're going to be like in the Western and Northern and in the Southern and, no, I'm sorry, in the Eastern and Northern mm-hmm. and in the Southern and Western mm-hmm. and YZs are on the other side. They're going to be speaking diploma talk, which is concrete and literal, and they're going to be speaking figurative and abstract. Figurative and abstract. Here's one. Oh, go into your center uh, and find that. Oh, oh, they they speak like that in the yoga movement. They they say, 
oh, I'm going to, uh, as a teacher, I must create a space for my students. Mm-hmm. They don't mean it literally. They mean figuratively. They mean create a space, a safe space for my students, okay, right? Yeah. It's very abstract, very uh, figurative. And somebody who's like me, you know, a, a very literal and, and abstract thinker, but when I think concretely, I only think figuratively, I can't get that. It's like, what do you mean hold a space or hold a safe space for mm-hmm. someone? Mm-hmm. Well, now I get what it means, but it's different. And so people have a hard time communicating with each other. And smarties fall in love with wisey. <laughs> and so when a smarty says, uh, give me five minutes, they mean it figuratively. Right. They don't mean it literally, but the YZ counts. Yeah. It's like, oh, we got five minutes, mm-hmm. you know? That's, uh, I, I know we, when we first met, um, I, I mentioned that I, I think from your description, my husband falls on the YZ side, yep. so can verify Smarties and YZs. Yeah. yeah, you can ask him how he thinks. I bet your sister is very uh, visual. Yeah, probably, yeah. Why do you say that? Yeah, um, just like, I guess, uh, in her mind, I mean. Yeah, just thinking of, uh, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> but it makes sense to you? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Does she like color? Mm-hmm, that's exactly what I was thinking about, uh, yeah. like all the coloring that she does in, in her yep. room. It's very vibrant. And, yep. Um, yeah, it's. I guess like her uh, love of... Um, animals is what like is making me think that for some reason i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not sure yeah why. yeah is, does she paint or draw or something yeah she's all the time uh paint right there you, you yeah you know Coloring it's very hard to be it. to be a mm-hmm. uh, to paint and yeah. color if you're not visual in your mind's yeah. eye mm-hmm. right i can't draw a matchstick man if my life would depend yeah, on no, it. Yeah, no, me either. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I, I'm a hundred percent blind in my mind's eye. Mm. I see no apple wow. and I dream with no imagery, mm. nothing. A hundred percent blind. Wow. So I'm an extremely abstract thinker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Suddenly I understand why I had such a hard time with names when I was in corporate America. Mm-hmm. Why I had such a hard time remember schedule. Yeah. Some people remember schedule. They literally see the calendar in front of them mm-hmm. in their mind's eye. Some people, you know, remember everything on a calendar mm-hmm. in their mind's eye. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't. I wrote a book. I'm a pretty good writer. Mm-hmm. And yet I cannot remember if friend is with an E before the I or me I before the I make either. spelling mistake. All the All time. The time. Yep. But give me a uh, like a medical term. I can spell it 100% accurately. How do you it do that? so easy for me. I don't know, though. It just was better, but like... Let's figure it out right now. there. Uh, <laughs> like, think of a medical term. <laughs> now it's hard to think about it. You have, yeah. to, you have to stop thinking about it. It'll come. Uh, what about a hippocampus? Can you spell hippocampus? <laughs> Watch me prove myself wrong. Uh, yeah, H-I-P-P-O... C-O-M-P-U-S. I would have to write it down. You have I've, to write it down. Yeah. Why? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Just Do you uh, see the word hippocampus in your mind's not eye? Not really. So there's nothing for you yeah. to write it yeah. from. Yeah. Interesting. that. <laughs> so when you say medical terms, you yeah, know. Yeah, I, I have some background. I uh, studied for physical therapy uh, to, oh. to get into the, uh, school there. But it was just so easy, the spelling of, of those words. But like just common common. What I, I bet what happened is that over time you started seeing a pattern mm-hmm. in the spelling, yes. how yeah. the words are broken. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. based on probably Greek or or Latin or whatever. Yeah. And once you saw the system, then it's easy it's to easy. spell. Yeah. It's right? just because chunks you, of Because you're of smarter, words. you think yeah. in patterns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. So you chunked it out. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That we, makes sense That to makes me. sense. <laughs> the mind makes sense. And the mind mm-hmm. is not difficult. Mm-hmm. The brain is, is the most complex organ in the body. Yeah. But the mind is not difficult to understand. Yeah. Once you get that quadrants thing mm-hmm. and you get like when you go back home, and when you speak to your husband, next time you have a misunderstanding, mm-hmm. because you are the smarty, it's your responsibility to figure it out. All right. Right? Mm-hmm. And so you're going to step back and you're going to realize that there was a misunderstanding because of language. Mm-hmm. And because he thought that something you said, he thought it to be literal and you meant it figuratively or vice versa. He meant it figuratively and you thought it to be literal. And it was, right. and it was either in the concrete or the abstract realm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's... Every time it's like that. Yeah. It's un- really unbelievable. I'm definitely going to apply that. I can see that just clicking and making so much sense here. Yeah. <laughs> As I apply, apply that. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And it's, can, can you hear in the headset my dog making sound? A little bit. Sound with her collar? A little bit. So that's what you, you folks are hearing. She's <laughs> having fun. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's talk yes. a little bit about epilepsy. Yes. What yeah. do you know about epilepsy? Yeah. I know nothing, but yeah. let's see from what you know, I can, I can make sense of it because here's the deal about the mind mm-hmm. in the physical world. If you want to study the, the, the liver, mm-hmm. you have to study the liver. Mm-hmm. There's a different, uh, the liver functions in a different mechanism than the heart. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, how do you call that? You, the, 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 the. I see. I don't know words. I literally don't know don't know uh, concrete words. But mm-hmm. but every system in the body functions differently. Mm-hmm. If you want to study mm-hmm. engines, you have to study something different than if you want to study, um, I don't know, liquids. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. In the metaphysical world, there's only one template to learn. That's it. One template: the structure and the mechanism of the mind, and everything falls into place mm-hmm. because every metaphysical pattern works the exact same way Mm. in the metaphysical you have only one pattern that you have to study Mm -hmm. one blueprint it makes it so easy so if you understand how the mind works you can understand every mental unease whatsoever Mm -hmm. whatsoever i'll give you an example um there's people who suffer from um schizophrenia well schizophrenia is an over-dominance of the involuntary mind. What is schizophrenia? Schizophrenia is a, is a situation where you see imagery or you hear sounds involuntarily mm-hmm. without control. Right. That is the mind that c- uh, creates the narrative, which is always Adam the, mm-hmm. on top, the, mm-hmm. mind, the, the, the narrative mind, the mind that's sequential in time, creates your story. You know your name is Jessica, and you know you you're from like Le- from uh, Lexington, Kentucky, Winchester, Winchester, yeah. <laughs> and you know you're in Spokane, Washington. Mm-hmm. You created a narrative that you know what it is, and you know that there's no such thing as three uh, three feet spiders climbing on walls. Mm-hmm. But if suddenly you're extremely visual, let's say you're a super wisey. I know someone who has schizophrenia who's a super wisey. Sometimes his mind will have three feet spiders climbing on walls. Mm. Mm. And he's like, is this reality or not? Mm-hmm. It looks so real. Mm-hmm. When the uh, super wisees have a hard time controlling the narrative, if the mind takes over, it can add whatever it wants to the physical experience. If you uh, digest um, uh, psilocybin mushrooms, mm-hmm. 
you might see spiders climbing on walls. Mm -hmm. Not me, mm -hmm. because I'm so polarized to the masculine mind. I'm so electromagnetically positively polarized. I see nothing even when I'm on mushrooms. Mm -hmm. I even tried DMT. Mm -hmm. DMT is the most visual uh, psychedelic out there. Nothing. Mm -hmm. But I might have um, smarty... Um, schizophrenia. Uh -huh. I might hear things. I was going to ask them, what do you gain out of that experience? An auditory The DMT? Shift, or uh, mushrooms? Or any kind of um, mind-altering substances. Like, if you're not getting visual, uh, it does it affect... I, I don't hear any involuntary sounds. Mm -hmm. I actually found that involuntary sounds are actually a faculty of the feminine mind, mm -hmm. which is a whole different topic mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. uh, of discussion. Mm -hmm. Um which suggests that, that schizophrenia is actually only a YZ disease. By the way, just as a side note, for you, those of you who are listening, ask me, ask me a question. Tell me, talk about this more. But I'm just going to throw something out there. Asthma is a smarty disease. Cancer is a YZ disease. Wow. Yes, it's a, it's a wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. There are physical implications to this mm -hmm. idea of mental polarity. Mm -hmm. But the idea is, so what, what do I experience my, my first of all, my voluntary mind stop analyzing mm -hmm. uh, because I can't, and I become extremely receptive in my mind. But I'm blind in my mind's eye, so I get everything as sensations. Mm -hmm. I experience it all emotionally. Yeah, smarties, wises will have a hard time understanding this because we can only experience reality as we are. But smarties, we f sense things through the emotional body, the energetic body. If you are smarty and you want to understand what I mean, smoke a high sativa. And you're going to start feeling your energetic body. You're going to feel it on the shushumna, which is the center channel of the body. Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to say, oh, I'm feeling a little like it's an energy ball below the diaphragm, which is always anxiety is always below the diaphragm. When anxiety goes up, it's above the diaphragm. Sometimes it goes down. You'll feel it in the solar plexus. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you're a smarty, if you're a wisey, they literally cannot feel their energetic body on the shushumna. They can feel it. They can feel the energy in their body, in their extremities and, you know, in different places, but they cannot feel that energetic body that I'm talking about. Some autistics can feel it even without. Hmm. Uh, and depends on the day I can. Right. But then you can notice that we have only really two emotions, a hot emotion and a cold emotion. And every hot emotion, like anger, like pride, like, um, um, like, like bliss, mm -hmm is exactly the same emotion, just experienced elsewhere on the Shushumna. Hmm. And every cold emotion, like anxiety, mm -hmm. like um, grief, mm -hmm. like depression, mm -hmm. like guilt, pulls you down. Mm -hmm. They all pull you down. Water always goes down. Fire always goes up. See somebody pride? Yeah. Their chest immediately yeah. like opens. So I'm saying all this to kind of, uh, so, so on mushrooms, on psychedelics, I overwhelmingly feel the emotional body mm -hmm. and I'm literally like pummeled by a storm of these emotions and I process everything viscerally mm -hmm. and not cognitively. Um, and when I can process things cognitively, it's, it's like these, these, I, I just, I just think about what's happening mm -hmm. and kind of register it, but I can't quite create a narrative. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, Epilepsy. Yes. <laughs> Tell me all you know. Yeah. Oh, like I said, uh, I, I'm no expert. Uh, I've got, you know, just the limited experience of um, it being 
um, something that we've seen a lot of our clients benefit from. Um, and I guess I was thinking a way to kind of describe my understanding of that is just kind of a miscommunication, a misfiring, a misstep of the brain um, where the, the wiring just kind of, um, it's, it, uh, misfires <laughs> and and you get the the um uncontrollable bodily and and uh, physical characteristics mm-hmm. um and i think really what cannabis often offers there is calming that system where uh, it kind of tends to go in that hyperdrive and mm-hmm. and fire over rapidly or um just not in in a way that it should mm-hmm. and uh, so I think the the benefits to introducing a cannabis regimen would just be to calm that and and form the proper connections a little more effectively and um, lessen the the intensity and severity mm-hmm. and the frequency of of that um, miscommunication. I yeah. guess would be. It's interesting, you know. Like I have this theory that epilepsy, um, Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even dementia, yeah, they're all connected. They're mm-hmm. all related somehow. And if we actually think of time, like how do we connect epilepsy to time, right? I mean, something's happening. Um, what are the triggers of epilepsy? Mm. I guess they, I don't know if it would be uh. just person to person, but I, I've experienced people who have hormonal imbalances that trigger um, people, of course, with visual stimuli or... Um, like things that are blinking. Right. Mm-hmm. You can find uh, we've had clients that it's triggered initially by high temperatures uh, from mm. a, an illness or something mm-hmm. where I think it's just that that sensory um, input to the body that triggers a, a chain of events that leads mm-hmm. to that mm-hmm. um, misfiring. Yeah. See, so what I'm interested in, I'm trying to apply the logic mm-hmm. of how the mind works, not the brain, the mm-hmm. mind works in order to understand Epilepsy, and I'm going to take the homework mm-hmm. to study it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Usually, with uh, with mental unease, I can just read about it and tie it to the mind. Yeah. Uh, Oliver Sacks. Do you know Oliver Sacks? He's mm-hmm. he used to be a doctor. There's a movie with Robin Williams uh, done on him. Uh, he so uh, epilepsy. Mm-hmm. You know these. Uh, uh, there's epilepsy patients who are like basically going to be on the floor and going to have a seizure. But there's epilepsy. Here's here's right there the yeah. polarity. Yeah. Here's the polarity. There's the epilepsy patients who are don't move. Zone They're out frozen. Or the yeah. Mm-hmm. They're frozen. They're complete. Yeah. And there was a movie. And if you haven't watched a great movie about this guy who tried a particular drug on these epilepsy patients who are literally frozen in time. The catatonic or catat- catatonic. catatonic. Yeah. Um, so, so here's the cool thing. And I watched the whole movie because I wanted one answer to one question mm-hmm. that I was like, nobody fucking asked them that question. Mm-hmm. And they did eventually in the movie because, because one of these people snapped out of the drug helped. Mm-hmm. It snapped out of the thing, but then it came back to normal. Like mm-hmm. once the body, you know, um, um, uh, developed some kind of an immune to the drug, then mm-hmm. they, they snapped back into, into reality. Uh, in, into their into their zone and it went back to be catatonic. But the cool thing is, so there was this woman, for example, mm-hmm. that was trying to go towards the water cooler, and she's like this: she's frozen. Mm-hmm. And then she she walks into the uh, uh, water cooler like another little step, and like an hour later, another little step, and like three hours later, you know, she's closer, but she's wow. not quite there, right? Wow. But then you know what he did? He took a, a, a tennis ball, 
and just threw it at her. Mm-hmm. Boop! And she she caught, it. caught it. Right. And she caught it so fast. Mm-hmm. Now, time polarization theory that I've described in detail in It's About Time in my book basically says, yes, it's a completely different mind. Mm-hmm. We are two people in Genesis. It says, uh, I'm not religious, but again, if this is the idea of the structure of the mind, male and female, he created them. Mm-hmm. Who's them? Mm-hmm. Well, Adam and Eve. Well, no, Eve wasn't even created yet. Mm. If you read in Genesis, you'll see that Eve was not created when it says uh, male, uh, uh, male and female created them. It's the feminine mind that's going to catch the ball. Mm. It's the feminine mind that if you're playing ping pong and the ping pong ball flies to your face, you're going to immediately go. Right. But which is the mind that guides the leg, that controls the voluntary organs in order to walk towards the, right. um, towards the uh, uh, water cooler? Mm-hmm. It is the masculine mind because the masculine mind controls our willpower. It's the feminine mind that con- controls our desire. Never mind, not going to go into this mm. to, to this branch. Now it's a fascinating branch, but um, there's something you want to th- say. Yeah, yeah. That it just kind of triggers me to think of a gentleman who came into the shop yesterday and was speaking about his wife and her Parkinson's. Which, by the way, you know, epilepsy, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and dementia would all be neurological conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's, I guess, speculation that uh, cannabis would protect the myelin sheath that coats the neurons so that that communication bounces off of the the um, neurotransmitters like it should and doesn't kind of short out when mm-hmm. it reaches a spot where it's not protected. At least that is how I yeah. <laughs> understand it. I, I hate to misspeak on the subject. but um, So this gentleman comes in and says it's been fantastic for his wife. She has Parkinson's. Um, and uh, one thing that she's learned, uh, aside from that it's reduced those flare-ups, she's learned through a therapy that she's taking um, that if she wants to walk, uh, her body, it misfires when she tries to walk just bringing her legs forward like she normally would. Um, but the damage has not occurred in her um, abductor, so going out to the side with her hip. Um, so she first will you know, kind of move her leg out away from midline of the body. Uh, She'll move it out and then be able to swing it forward. So she has that connection there. She Mm -hmm. just doesn't have it forward. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really interesting that kind of um, you, you bring up, you know, that this this person is working on towards getting towards the water cooler and is stuck because Mm -hmm. she can't, that's her goal and she can't move forward in that mm-hmm. direction. But I would wonder if she, you know, switched task and, and decided she just, you know, wanted to move backwards or sit down or like you said, catch a ball, uh, just how easily but, it would but be. But decided, notice they said decided to right. move backward. Catch a ball was not voluntary. Yeah, it wasn't, it, was, it wasn't because of her free will. Mm-hmm. It was a ball a was thrown at her and it'll hit her. Boom. Right. She catches it. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's think of what's happening in the mind. Like we can literally retract that and uh, engineer n- knowing how the mind works. Mm-hmm. It, we, we should be able to tie it to time because time is the hidden pivot. So we should be able to know which one of the minds is not functioning here. Mm-hmm. It's like with aphasia. People who have aphasia cannot recognize uh, characters. Mm-hmm. They cannot read. They can write, but mm-hmm. they cannot read. So mm-hmm. they look at a word and they cannot read it because it looks to them like just signs. Mm-hmm. They don't recognize them as letter, l- letters, but they can write because writing is through the body, through the involuntary mind, and they already learned how to do that. So wow. it's called aphasia or agraphia, aphasia agraphia or something. But so this woman, she's walking, she wants mm-hmm. to get to the water cooler because the water it was next to a window. She wanted to get to the window. Um, she wants to get there, but she doesn't get there. So, so 
this goes back to that piece of information that was missing for me. Mm -hmm. These people who have uh, uh, who have Parkinson's, but whatever polarity of Parkinson's mm -hmm. that we want to call, mm -hmm. that is um, voluntarily moving extremely slowly. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with their involuntary senses right. because she was able to catch that ball. But she's moving extremely slowly mm -hmm. when she wants to do something voluntarily. Mm -hmm. And so when that person snapped out of the, um, of the condition in that movie, and you can also read it in the book that Oliver Sacks wrote about it, the, the question that I wanted to know Are you stuck in that time zone and you really literally noticing that time is passing? That is, is your time perception has changed or to you time just passes super fast? Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm asking? Yeah, I think so it took you three hours to get to the water cooler. You are literally zoning out and your body is like in this frozen state for hours on end. Right. Are you literally just like, Oh, everything's fine in my mind. I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking about everything. I right. want to move, but I can't mm -hmm. move. No. What these people describe is a situation where I'm there, but I'm not thinking. I'm, time doesn't really, there's no really no perception of time. Every once in a while, they'll be like, oh, I'm moving towards the window. Mm -hmm. And then an hour passes. Oh, I'm still moving towards mm -hmm. the window. But there's no like, Oh my God, I, I, I want to move towards the window, but and I can't. I can't. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, wow, I'm, I have an itch, mm -hmm. but I can't move my... There's no itch mm -hmm. because there's no processing of that. So that tells me that time disappears, right. which means to tell me that the involuntary mind is dominant, mm -hmm. not the voluntary mind. And on the contrary, the voluntary mind kicks in very rarely. And only when it kicks in, right. then I can move. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like uh, then I, you would hate to test it in this way, but if a person were to put a cushion or a chair or whatever behind this woman who's not able to move voluntarily and just kind of push her slightly back, like I'm sure she could catch and move, like she's not frozen. Mm -hmm. So to exactly. she could catch and, and be in a seat and, and move her body, she wouldn't be like statuesque and, and just fall back. Exactly. In that same oh, that, that, for, like, for a fact. Yeah. For a fact. Mm -hmm. We know that, right? Yeah. Because there's some, I mean, maybe, actually, I'm, I'm going to say maybe because we, with, I, I'll tell you why I'll say maybe, because the feminine mind sees, the masculine mind hears. Mm -hmm. So she could have seen the ball and mm -hmm. therefore the involuntary mind kicked in. Mm -hmm. But if you push her backwards, she cannot see. Uh -huh. Maybe. So yeah. I, I'm just yeah. bringing in my yeah. own knowledge to, 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 for a caveat right. here. But this tells me something. Mm -hmm. So what I, what I would do with a person like that is I would give them sativa. Mm -hmm. Because if you give someone sativa, the voluntary mind kicks into action and the dominance shifts. And do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Sativa... <laughs> Sativa moves the electromagnetic polarization of the mind into the, the positive, which means your, your dominant mind becomes the voluntary. Mm -hmm. Now, now we come, we come up with a question. We know that the involuntary mind of those with ep epilepsy, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I want to pause. Yeah. Uh, because right now all I'm doing is, is kind of, I'm, I'm studying epilepsy with you, knowing what I know about the mind and knowing what right. I know from Oliver Sacks. Right. So I'm going to take the homework to do that off, off, 
podcast okay. because I know you need to leave by four and it's yes. five to four. Oh, okay. And I'm okay, very okay. proud yeah. as a smarty that I actually kept track of time. <laughs> Thank you. I noticed you checking. I was hoping yeah. you would say because I, I did not. <laughs> so let's make a deal, Jessica. Okay. Yes. I'm going to do my research and it's yes. going to be after I come back from Israel. Okay. And then I'll invite you here and we'll talk about epilepsy. Yes. And we'll just, we'll just have fun with it. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, I love speaking to autism as well. Uh, that okay. is, is a big one for me. Um, and so I'll try and do my research so, as so, well. So you, you notice patterns, mm-hmm. um, notice patterns, notice things, anything that you can come up with and say, oh, why is this happening? Or, oh, I've noticed that blah, blah, blah. And, you know, when you're in the store, when people come, they speak about their, right. uh, their, their, their things like just keep All in mind, time. come here. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about mental. Let's decode cannabis. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I just want to say I, I'm, I'm really uh, glad to take part in this podcast is I think it's very interesting uh, just kind of to demonstrate the like um, we know what the brain does, but we don't know about, you know, consciousness so much. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really similar in um, the cannabis industry where we're knowing more and more about what the endocannabinoid system mm-hmm. does and how that mechanically operates. But um, I haven't seen a lot of explanations that really talk about the the mind shift. And mm-hmm. yeah, uh, we can tell you that, um, you know, the CB1 and 2 receptors fire in this yep. ma- manner, mannerism and blah, blah, yep. blah. But um, um, you know, can't really, uh, at least in my experience, I haven't seen this uh, demonstrated or explained well, can't really explain, you know, why the shift in, in thought or why people um, may be more able to tolerate pain. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you can say that it, it might help to reduce the firing of these pain signals, but you're not able to really explain why people p- tolerate pain at the same levels better mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. cannabis mm-hmm. use. Yeah. And, uh, and, so, and when you when you think metaphysics, when you realize how the mind works, you can explain all yeah, that. Yeah. Like, for example, wiseys are a lot more sensitive to pain mm-hmm. than smarties. Uh, smarties are more sensitive to uh, involuntary senses. Yeah. But pain, mm-hmm. pain is different. We'll talk about it some other time. It's mm-hmm. fascinating. Wiseys usually are a lot more like they're, they're, they're uh, 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 their sensation of why? Mm-hmm. Because if you think of something else, mm-hmm. you won't experience pain. And YZs have a harder time thinking about something else yeah. when they have pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's fascinating. It's mm-hmm. like when, but when a smarty can't think of something else, then pain become extremely intolerable. In right. But a smarty can actually train themselves to think about something else mm-hmm. when, when, they're, when they're experiencing pain. Like we know when somebody comes with a needle, you know, I'll just think of something else. Boom, it's done. Right. Right. You know? That's me. Um, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> it's like once we understand how the mind works, marijuana falls into place we understand oh that's why when we pee so long when we're smoking it takes so long to pee it's like are we really peeing for a lot a lot or it's just our time perception of change (laughs) why is it that we talk become super talkative on sativa usually why is it that we become um you know stoned like Mm -hmm. a stone into it's like i like to say when i smoke indigo i I get stoned when i smoke uh, sativa i become high Mm -hmm. you know um all these things we understand we, we, we can get away. And this is what, what, what we're doing differently in Consciousness Research Institute. It's like when I, um, when I speak like this, mm-hmm. when I can't quite finish my sentences, mm-hmm. is because I think so fast mm-hmm. and I try to say everything that I think about. And so I try to think, to speak really fast. Right. And then I cut words. And, right. 
That's what's happening in my mind. Yeah. When we start thinking about the way we think, we start thinking differently. Mm-hmm. We start thinking about the way we think, we start realizing that we have mental superpowers. Mm-hmm. When we start realizing that other people don't think the way we are, mm-hmm. we start realizing that we have deficiencies in the way we think. And we all experience dementia all the time, just like a planet that you have the sun lighting on it. At any point in time, half of the planet's going to be in darkness. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the mind. The mind's like a planet. It's three-dimensional. It's like a sphere. The four dimensions that I mentioned before, the quadrants, are really a planet. Mm-hmm. So there's really a third dimension that is, well, I said fourth dimension. I meant the four quadrants, you mm-hmm. know, the two-dimensional right. structure that right. I, you know, there's really three dimensions, but I want to compli- make it complicated even more. <laughs> so absolutely. This is what we do here This is what we do in Consciousness Research Institute. I want to thank you, Jessica, for coming here today. Thank you. And uh, playing with me. Come back again. Um, Yeah. I certainly will. I'm I'm happy to come back and talk more. It's fascinating work that you're doing. Thank you. you. Yeah, and play ping pong. This work that we're doing, I say we because right now it's me, it's Creorg, and it's Ginny, who's the vice president of, Mm -hmm. she just, you know, we don't do really these kind of titles here Mm -hmm. in Creorg Institute. But I asked her what title you want. So she said vice president. So I said, okay. Um, anybody who joins Creorg Institute, they get to choose their own title. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm the chancellor of Creorg University. All right. If you go to Creorg University, uh, Creorg.university, mm-hmm. you'll get to our Patreon page. Uh, that's the only way to get notified of every information that comes out of Creorg University. Become a Creorg member. It costs $3 a month. Uh, we made it this way so that everybody can learn how the mind works. All the information that comes out of Creorg Institute, which you can visit at creorg.institute, is free. Um, we make sure of that. Uh, but if you want to be notified, you got to register as a member of creorg.university. Once we reach 3,000 people, we're going to start conducting metaphysics experiments never before conducted. Wow. And we want to be 10,000 strong. We want... It's enough... Uh, waiting for academia to wait mm-hmm. for legalization. Yeah. We're going to yeah. conduct our own uh, uh, multi-people experiments. Mm-hmm. So go to creorg.university, sign up as a member, and uh, let, let, let us get to that 3,000 people. Also visit us on YouTube on creorg.tv. That's our YouTube mm-hmm. channel. Uh, we have all kind of cool shows like uh, Teaching Melissa How the Mind Works. And uh, soon we're going to start a morning news show with the Creorg King. Um, Creorg is a... Um, artificial intelligence that is programmed to be a social education entertainment network. It has a king. It's a kingdom. It has a king and it has a queen. I'm the Creor King or a, a, an alter ego of mine, which is a YouTube character I call Ovadi al-Sheikh, uh, is the Creor King. Uh, I just needed to separate that from who I am as the <laughs> metaphysicist that, you know, does whatever he does. Um, and... Um, Ovadia is also the uh, the president of Creorg TV, so because you know that's the title I chose. So um, visit us there. And uh, music for this podcast is done by Andy Rumsey. Uh, visit him on andyrumsey.com, and you can download his music from Spotify, Google Play, uh, iTunes, and any other place that um, streams you music. Uh, what else do I have to say? I think that's about it. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Jessica, for visiting. Uh, We here at Creorg um, wish you happiness, I guess. Thank you. Thanks so much again. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. Bye-bye.
Exactly how you said I turned out. 